<laughs> let, let go, let go. All right, let's get the show fucking started. Welcome, everybody, to the best podcast in the world. This is Zack Snyder's favorite podcast. This is Superman's favorite podcast. And this is the entire state of Colorado's favorite podcast, Secret Public Plan. Uh, this week on Secret Public Plan, we're going to be talking about middle America, politics in Colorado. And our final segment is going to be analysis and review of the new uh, Snyder Cut Justice. Ooh, 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 cannot wait, cannot wait. Welcome, everybody. My code name today is Virgil Hawkins, and my plan in life is bring a shock to the system. My code name is Big <laughs> Baby Bema, and my plan in life is uh. to grow up to be Carmela Soprano. Who is that? Uh, Tony Soprano's wife, the greatest stay-at-home wife on TV. You want it? You want the greatest stay-at-home wife? Does she have any other qualities, or is it, or is it that factor alone? <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, the mob husband who can provide for you to stay at home all day and keep your nails nice, have your hair oh, done every day. Oh, you know, oh, it's the, oh, it's the whole switcheroo. Different viewpoint. I didn't think about that. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, so you, oh, you want to be taken care of by uh, a well-to-do mob boss who goes to the therapy twice a week absolutely yeah he's in touch yep. with his emotions and i'm taking care mm. of welcome everybody today to introduce special podcast episode uh <laughs> this will be cut we'll, we'll be doing two episodes this week but here to introduce one of my one of my childhood best friends yeah. emma she's a former poet current pizza girl aspiring to and an aspiring stay-at-home mother and radical communist let's go yeah. let's go you scared i remember you scared me a little bit when you were talking about warren a little too nicely emma. i was <laughs> Oh my God. I was a little worried there. I remember being that being like a significant moment. I remember like leaving LA. I'm like, damn, I, lo I lost. I her. lost. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I remember. Yeah, I, 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 I should have known that was going to come up. I, that hurt. That I, 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 I'm very good at like keeping it stoic. But I was going to say like, damn. Oh like, man. You, I was like, because you radicalized me as a kid. So I was like, damn. You see, when you live long enough to see your heroes fall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, I had a little liberal laugh. I've come out of it. Oh, you, you, oh, you had a little lib brain. It happens to the best of us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My radicalization came slow going. I wish it came faster, but hey, you know how it is growing up in uh, growing up in Colorado. In Colorado, going to Molin Catholic school. <laughs> yeah, I'm only, I'm sure there were some obstacles there. But let's break down today's episode for everybody tuning in. This is the Secret Public Review episode one with Emma already introduced uh, today <laughs> for the beginning of this. We'll be having uh, intro discussion, talking about really what it was like back in Colorado, the politics of it, what middle America. Uh, we're hitting uh, Lakewood politics. That's, you know, uh, if you don't know too much about Colorado, that's like West Denver. Little suburb. 100% talking about uh, the recent shooting, recent tragic shooting that happened over in Boulder. And to, with some positivity, because you know that's going to be a whole rant, um, we'll be, uh, we're yeah. both connected in our in our childhoods and young old days of Tilia and Emma, both comic book fans. We're both a decade ago. <laughs> a decade. Holy shit. A whole decade ago, dude. That is that is crazy. Yep. It feels like it sometimes. It feels <laughs> like this. when I when I look at the growth, I look back at it, I'm like, damn, I was a kid. Oh yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. ended up <laughs> and uh, it's, yeah. So we're both we were both comic book. We're both huge comic book fans, and I I feel like we've always talked about like having a review sort of thing. Absolutely. There's no doubt. And today we'll be doing that for the first time. We'll be reviewing Zach. Snyder's Justice League um, and why I, I'm just gonna I, I haven't asked your opinion but why we think it's fantastic there we go hey there we go there we go there we go I, I knew hey I didn't lose you at all 
Oh, I guess no. I didn't lose you at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Let me get it started with just catching up with you, Emma. How's it been? Like, um, hell yeah. Well, things are in general good. Like, I'm doing well. You know. Hell yeah. I'm in a pretty stable place. I have a nice spot uh, near DU. I'm seeing a beautiful girl. <laughs> okay. I am a former poet. I used to write a lot of poetry, but uh, I guess I retired. Um, which isn't really true. I still write a lot. I just don't really share it very often. And mostly because I think I mm. want to work on uh, putting forward more of like a fiction writer. Uh, Yo, that, poet, if that makes sense. Like if I am going to move into writing. That's awesome. I would love to share notes. I'm getting advice from a writer. Awesome. Yeah, no, I would love to have, you know, a little powwow talk about some stuff. I mean, I've been writing for a long time and I've written. Yeah. Right now I'm working on what would be, I guess, my second attempt at writing a novel. Okay. And I don't even, even know about the first one. Yeah, the first one was actually like a novella project that was supposed to be in the style of like. What's a novella? Like a. Sorry, I'm not learning. No, that's okay. Just like a shorter, uh, snappier book, you know, something mm. that's maybe 200 pages or less. Oh, oh like a short story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of like a short story, but I also wanted it to be in the kind of the uh, serialized pulse, uh, you know, something like The Shadow. Or like Kind of like Sherlock story. Holmes, kind of like uh, Spiderwood Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. um, but okay. I, I ended up not finishing that, and I'm working on a new project right now, and I just think that's where I want to go with my writing. Mm. That's so, where the inspiration is leading you. That's, been the move. that's where, like, uh, being able to step away from your children or, you know, realizing that some elements of what you created works better somewhere else, but that means giving, a, like, you know, not working on this piece again, like that type of removal from like the things you create is a really it's a really big maturing step to really creating it is yeah to be it's i i remember reading a book it, and the title was um when to kill your children <laughs> word word yeah and it was, uh, for me it's like it's, i cut my teeth writing poetry i started writing poetry because it was easier for me in the form mm -hmm. and so it's like mm -hmm. once i did mature in my you know writing ability it's like i can move into the things that interest me more which is really is comic books ultimately but it's also like long form fiction writing you know so it's like move on from where i started put those lessons to the test and like really create something i care about what's the difference in those styles in terms of uh writing for or like is it like structure format are you learning how to write like a comic book writer like giving room for like what panels like having to describe paneling or and like what a what is that difference? What do what do you what do you have to do in one that you can't do in the other? Well, especially with comic books, that's like that's been always the main goal. That's where I started writing when I was a kid. That's where I want to end up. But it's, mm -hmm. the script writing is just a totally different animal than even writing narrative. You have to yeah Animal, allow room so? for the artist to interpret. Well, oh. you're you're writing it like a like a script or a screenplay in some regard. So it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. a the majority of your uh, like characterization, for instance, has to come from dialogue, you know, and you do have to rely on your artist to really flesh out scenes to, you know, uh, make things feel fluid and have motion. And some of that's just out of your control. It's, it's a very, it's a very difficult medium to ride in, in my opinion, though. So. Have you, uh, have you looked into any artists? You need some artists? I got some artists. <laughs> trying to plug my artist friends. <laughs> uh, I actually, I do need some artists. Oh, I, I, that is I, something yeah. that I'm interested in. So, Let yeah, go. absolutely. Yeah, there's a couple artists. I mean, forever it was my cousin. Like you know, Dylan. Like Dylan was gonna be. Yeah, Dylan. Dylan Dylan's, so. Dylan's a whole. Uh, Dylan's a whole saga in its own. We've gone on some adventures. <laughs> oh yeah. Do, you, yeah, do you know what's up with Dylan? You know where he is? Not the last time I saw Dylan was uh, I was with my ex at King Supers over in Boulder, 
Um, and, <laughs> and um, I remember here, there was like these rumors for like a week and a half of like people trying to sell like speakers out of a car. Um, and oh, I yeah. saw and I saw somebody approach me from my eye. Um, and they were talking to and you and you and they were talking to uh, my ex. And I turned around. I was like, Dylan. And he goes like Malumbo, and <laughs> um, and then you know, had a whole catch up. I was talking about his art, and then like he ends off, and I was like, and I, I and like we're about to part our ways. I'm like, yo, so what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, I'm just selling speakers, <laughs> and I did yep, not think yep. about that until I made the connection. And I saw like the new stuff like later that week. I was like, oh shit, yeah. Just, the, I was just like, um, I don't know. He's um, he's a he's a nomad he's a nomad that's definitely just another stigmata of the past uh, not really a stigmata oh, like yeah. I, this is like the first time i thought about him <laughs> but yeah, um no, he's, but but enough he's in about a bad bad way unfortunately but, uh yeah, yeah hey it's uh you know you know it, yeah at least hey emma at least you know i'm friends with you emma uh you know that's something mm-hmm. like i i uh, i tried to you know always take value in because you do see that a lot especially growing up especially us you know what i mean like we're really mm-hmm. we're, uh, everybody really coming into their 20s you know the from your when you're 24 to 29 that's really like some of the hardest years for people psychologically because you know you're always questioning yourself where, you're, where you are in life um you know that 30 mark is made to seem way bigger than it actually fucking is you know age is inevitable people like relax you know what i mean age is inevitable people come on now don't be don't be fucking surprised you're the youngest you'll ever be take like take that Mm -hmm. for granted you know take that as you will you know find some solace in that um but you know that but you know as i as i grow and i see the people i surround myself with you know like it when I see my friend, when I see my friends go, or when I see my friends still persevering, you know, when when I see them still, you know, spiting the world, saying it, hey, the universe sucks, so I'm gonna tell it to suck my dick. I'm gonna fucking strive, you know. Uh, it makes yeah, you want to progress, you know what I mean? Like if your friends progress, mm-hmm. you progress, you know. I'm like, yeah, you know that, you know this. Uh, I hear we that. Build but so, ourselves up together, you know. You know, and I hear that. So I and I hear that story. So I just take more, you know, value that I have a friend in you, Emma, and it's and you're doing well. Um, but yeah, no, it's oh, it's yeah. uh, that was really no. The whole writing stuff is really interesting, though. Um, so, and out of all, so you got these, you're writing the second novel right now. That's the project you're you're working on right now. What's uh, what's the title? What's the genre? What's your and also what's your end goal for writing like are you trying to are you just writing this to get it published are you just kind of trying to like sharpen your skills and move on to something you actually want to put your uh full self into with a goal in mind what's up what's up talk to me okay so really like uh, in terms of the story i'm writing right now it's called born to run uh mm-hmm. i'm a huge uh bruce springsteen fan so mm-hmm. that's where that comes from obviously <laughs> but uh it's basically about this it's like a it has like dual protagonists pretty much a brother and a sister and it is i guess i i don't know what, how you describe it drama uh slice of life like uh it's very much drawn from my own experiences and like the basic premise is these two these brother and sister are very close uh like a lot like me and my sister are you know a year and a half apart mm-hmm. um and they both have their own struggles the brother's older and uh like you get a little bit of uh I guess preamble to it, but really the story starts when the sister runs away and mm. no one has any idea what's happened to her. She's not in contact with anybody, but Caleb, her older brother, the main, one of the, the other main character, uh, decides well, along with his cousin to uh, pursue her pretty much. Mm. And so right now we're in like the first 
few uh, stops. She's made like one stop and he's just left the state uh, in pursuit of her pretty much. So, and he's got his own struggles. He's dealing with uh, drug problems. And ultimately in the story, we're building to like, why did she leave? What's her motivation? Where's she going? You know, and it's told in a, through flashbacks, like the five preceding days, the five days that so 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 how about leaving. The, I, I fuck with this already. I'm already liking. Uh, I, I've always had a soft spot for uh, driving across America stories. It, it reminds me of like things like Preacher, Supernatural. If you had to give, oh, yeah. if you had to give like an elevator pitch to somebody, how would you like? Give me like, give me like two to three sentences. Go. Two to three sentences. Okay. Like sell this uh, to me. Sell about- this to me. It's Keywords. a story about uh, family and uh, discovery, and the American Open Road really is the backdrop for self-discovery and healing. Do you have you have experience? Uh, do you have experience with the Open Road being uh, someplace where you found your own healing? Um, not necessarily, just because I don't know if I have much of a. Uh, like an escapist. <laughs> so, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm tra- no, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see, uh, I'm trying to see, like, um, what, so what, what, what era is this set? I'm trying to think of, uh, what's he got? Is it, is he just going to see wind turbines? Like, <laughs> what is he, or is it going to be like, a, like a 1920s black dude? He has the green book. He has to figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so it's like, like I said, very much like inspired by my life. So it's like 20 something. These two 20-something siblings, you know, struggling with, like, drug addiction and being, Mm. you know, unsure of where to go in life and, like, feeling like you're caught up in, you know, the things that other older people have, like, you know, kind of put onto or projected onto and now you're shedding those kinds of things. You know, that's, that's like, the, I guess, just disaffected youth. I, guess, I, re- I really like the, that exp- well, I really like that explanation because it's when you again when you're connecting it uh, I, I really feel like drugs were a really large part of really growing up in Colorado like re- and in such oh, a yeah. large oh, way yeah. that I never really thought of it as being um, not you know it, it's not like it's not a normal thing I don't I don't know people don't talk about it but you you've when you put it in those terms of really that 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 impact when you know uh it's not even not even in your, your adult figure it's really the culture in general i even remember when i got when i got in trouble in high school um mm-hmm. uh, even even getting started i didn't necessarily see the the consequence i grew up always right. thinking that it was okay i saw we talked on tv joked about all the time my friends would talk about it it was it was i i heard it more often like talked about in a positive light more than cigarettes for example oh yeah oh absolutely um i mean especially with weed like that's the thing i think back on is like legalization didn't change the culture here when i was a teenager well before legalization everyone i knew smoked weed and i knew a lot of people whose parents smoked weed with them you know and i've experienced a lot of like just in general family members in my own life and mm. through other people who like 
you know, older family members who shouldn't be making these decisions for the, the kids in their lives, giving them drugs. And mm. it was a very common, normal thing. And, you know, I know I knew so many high school Coke dealers, you know what I mean? Growing up it's, like, it's, it's like, they, they, with the worst, with, I, I don't understand, you know, white privilege is amazing. Cause I just think about how many <laughs> drug dealers are not in jail from back in high school. <laughs> it's just, these guys yeah, are absolutely. not slick. These guys are not slick. <laughs> I swear nope, these nope. teachers had to know, or unless like they're really just that disenchanted. I don't know. See, they had to know at a certain point, right? But it's like, even I was walking around school, like, slinging my prescriptions, you know? And it's like, mm. I don't know, the culture of just not paying attention or not understanding, maybe. What do you, and you really hit on that good point that, again, when legalization happened in Colorado, the culture really didn't change. Honestly, I feel like it really, I feel like it only grew, it only blossomed. It became, it, it became that thing everybody was doing that everybody could speak about out loud, really. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I remember like freshman, like during even freshman year, my high school bonding moments uh, in my private Catholic high school, bonding with the seniors meant like they invited you to go smoke with them. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I remember even being a freshman, sophomore in high school and going and being on lunch and smoking weed just in public. You know, like we we're out and about and nobody thought twice about it. We were underage and nothing was legal at the time, but it's like, this is just the culture and it's okay. You know, and it's fine and you'll get away with it. You know, it's, you know, it's funny. So. You funny. It's funny you say that. I just got comfortable smoking weed in public like last year. Really? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I just, it, I, I'm, I'm too, I, I'm black, dude. I'm just too aware of it. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm oh, just like, the other thing. Uh, uh, I was just a little white kid. So it's like, you know, if I light up my bowl, what's hey, the worst thing? Hey, hey, hey all, all, all power to you. All power to your comrades. So, you know, take, <laughs> <laughs> I read black Bolshevik. It's okay. You can't, you can't help the white show is all right but hey, 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 hey. <laughs> that's actually a really right, good book right. <laughs> no that i i'm interested now i i definitely that's a recommendation i need to i'm gonna I'll, i'm gonna send you a podcast my dude i i can only uh, there's i can only really read like one that's why i really envy you with the writing um that's why i'm trying to get back into writing because i can really i can really only read like one book uh every eight months really with like my schedule right now oh, okay. it's so yeah okay. so most of the time i'm i can I'm, only imagine you're incredibly busy oh dude i'm always tired <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> sure. i am I'm, my my sleep schedule is all, all sorts of like fucked up i go to bed at like two o'clock and i wake up at six it's i don't, I don't know how i do of it course <laughs> you do. That, that sounds I, like you to me i i i, I don't know grinding 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 uh, i i i don't know i literally don't know how i do it i i'm actually no i think i i kind of i i uh I said it a little bit. It's spite. <laughs> it's spite. I was like, I, I love. It's like, um, it's like Mark Ruffalo, um, in the event in the Avengers movie when he talks to Cap. <laughs> that's God. that. That's the thing, Cap. I'm always angry. <laughs> it's like, I'm always angry. You know, I'm just like I'm a black man in America. That's that's pretty. That's a pretty shitty role to die. Like fuck, fuck yeah, I'm angry. Like goddamn. Right. So, so, right, and absolutely. like, and you know, I got to And the, you know, it's the, I, I, I wouldn't say my therapist recommended it, but the healthiest way for me to really consolidate that was okay. These were this was the, these were the cards I was dealt. All right, let me, let me tell them fuck you. I'm, I want to play chess instead. Right. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> you know, you know, but um, do you? Let's. Uh, I, I, I feel like that was a kind of good segue to really just talk about politics in Colorado um and that's I I feel like this is just a really interesting one I, I really feel like we're but we both have like good enough 
brains and really have like we really th- that grounded like we're 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 for the people we're, we both talk to a lot of sure. people especially you emma like you you know that stay like in and out if not the if not denver if not denver alone um well it was and- interesting i'm glad that you you wanted to bring up this topic because like the contrast in our experiences at least over this last year is i was you know, front and center for a lot of the protests that happened in Denver, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I have, I have that proud of you, proud perspective of you. that, of course, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I know, I know you were, you were in a very similar position out in LA. Yeah. They shot but, the fuck out know, of me. <laughs> the tear grass is crazy. Oh my God. Same. They, Literally, I got lit up outside the Denver post building and was like, crying covered in fucking pepper spray i'm always like, bringing a shield I, I thought that shit was so corny but I'm, i bring a shield every time it's just yeah, a, i had my skateboard so i was i odd, was like, odd, oh, I had my skate- ground and blocking myself oh fuck yeah my my the skateboard mm-hmm. for me i'm just too big it's just not wide enough <laughs> <laughs> it's just Paul, yeah it was you just, probably got a high center it, of gravity like, you know it was just, it was just, it was a just no go. I'm gonna have to be like, you know, I have to be like my code name, Virgil Hawkins. I just, I used to use a trash can lid, but uh, go on, go on. So you, you so your experience, yeah, no. Uh, let's just talk about what it's, what, what are the politics in Colorado for the people listening who don't know, and like, what are, look, personally, what like outside of what the media says, what Colorado politics is, um, what it, what are your observations, and then I'll go with mine. Well, it's, it's interesting because, like, I think we have this kind of history or at least this recent history or viewpoint of being like a liberal state. And I'm sure some of that comes from marijuana legalization and, and you don't you know, agree. some of or I don't agree. I don't agree in a mm. lot of ways, but in some ways, I think there's a lot of pockets of like legitimate radical activity here mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. offset it. But I mean, just from my personal experience, like Colorado is still very much and even Denver Denver is still very much a cow town, and Colorado is still... Can you explain that term for uh, people who wouldn't know what that means? Well, in the very literal sense, they used to drive cattle down 17th Street, like literally in the cow town, <laughs> but also in, uh, in the more, you know, abstract literally. way. It's like we're, we, we are a, a frontier town, a western town, mm-hmm. in, but not so far west that we're you know the coast or or uh like uh, the liberal hegemony of california you know uh, oh, the liberal hellhole that is that is california as fox news says it's where uh the let's see the the blacks and gays have ruined it all it's, yeah right right exactly. Here we're still we're still very much very much white white majority you know so like a uh, crazy degree and I yeah I definitely and a lot of the state is still rural like you know I think it's easy for people to think of Colorado as being Denver but Colorado isn't Denver Colorado Springs isn't Denver do you think Denver, Denver leads, even isn't Boulder do you think that's because Denver kind of leads the culture because I think because yeah, I, I, I think about that what do like even god I I, I was kind of gonna have an argument that is the culture of Lakewood even that different from Denver and I, and I honestly I was about to honestly kind of yes actually it's it there's, is. there's it actually is, is yeah. a radical difference from the city to the suburbs and uh, it is. Uh, some uh, of it's just significantly wider you know uh, Lakewood is significantly wider than Denver you know it's uh, and for the and for everybody listening um that 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 hesitation comes from the fact that again like what Emma pointed out is the fact that it's Lakewood is not that far from Denver, but Lakewood covers a wider area, of course. And what does that really say yeah. about how 
how how is politics being consumed so radically differently when the spaces really aren't that far it's it's the difference between like i'd say in oh god um what am i trying to make sense of this you people like to think rural areas aren't you know aren't in well-informed because they're quote-unquote far away how do you explain mm-hmm. that about lakewood uh, well, with Lakewood, I think it's interesting because it's, it's like what, is, what are Lakewood politics? Already. Is that different from? Is that even different from Colorado politics? Is that is that is that de- different from Denver politics? Like, sorry, I'm 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 shooting in with you with questions. Which way? Finish your thought, Emma. Let's no, keep going. No, I mean, I definitely do think Lakewood politics are different from Denver's, and probably a little bit less of the rest of Colorado. But I don't think that's very much left. I mean, one of the most recent. Uh, and kind of important pieces of legislation that uh, took place in Lakewood particular, mm. in particular was capping all new uh, housing development at 1% affordable housing. Oh you know, shit, so, that, oh, almost kind of rent control, okay. Almost, Well, almost. not even, not, 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 not rent, control, rent control, but uh, land control, they, I don't they know. Don't, they're, yeah, they just are tr- trying very hard to keep out the quote unquote undesirable folks who may mm. be brought in by un- uh, by low-income housing, so it's like this real. Oh wow! You okay, know, so wait, break that down for me. I did my fault. I, I I didn't even think about that. Break that down for me. That's okay. So it just basically says that uh, all new housing development that takes place, only one percent of it is allowed. As much as one percent of it is allowed to be purposefully in low-income housing. If that makes sense. Um, oh wow. So that's hell insidious. Yeah. Okay, so keep going with your point then. Yeah, so it's just very much like it. I think it's a lot of what makes Lakewood politics different from uh, Denver politics is not only do you have a little bit of that more rural vibe just because it is the foothills, you have the mountains right there, and there's a little bit more of a country, I think, thought that people have about themselves, but I think mm. it's also insulated by wealth. You know, I know the kids I went to school with, and I've seen the houses behind Green Mountain. That is a huge point that you're hitting. That actually, before I, before I go into this rant, how much, how, how long can you be with me, Emma? Uh, can I get you for two hours? Yeah, absolutely. I figured we were probably going to spend a good like, like, two plus hours. Cause like we another hour. Talk. We talk, talk. How about like another hour? Yeah. Is that cool? I have That's class like three, I have class yeah. at like three twenty. Okay, bet. Don't worry. Okay. Don't worry. Uh, also, don't worry about these tangents. I edit the podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> gang shit um no but that's a huge point you're hitting that's a huge point you're hitting the wealth disparity in colorado it will just not like i i in the i've been uh, lakewood is one of the largest high schools in the state and the wealth disparity is so is so clear that you you hit the nail on the head that especially just green mountain like you knew where the big houses were you knew where the small houses were all these kids oh yeah it's it's that I, I feel like I, I feel like I really I, I I feel like I understood class in high school. I understood class divide oh, in yeah. high school. And honestly, mm-hmm. I didn't realize like I remember when I started throwing parties, I didn't realize I started getting treated better in school. It, 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 this is okay, so this is gonna be a whole thing. Dude, I didn't think I was poor when I was growing up. I'm gonna let you know that uh-huh. right now. I did not think I was poor. It was normal to me. Mm-hmm. Living in a duplex, single mom, four kids she worked mm-hmm. hard i was proud of her i'm only being told the society i should be proud of my mom so i'm not using the thing i'm not using the term of poor because when you get taught what poor is as a kid you see dangerous homeless people you see you totally, see you totally. see people who can't control their decisions 
So my definition oh, of yeah. poor was warped. It didn't it didn't have a class construct. I never thought of myself as being in poverty either. You know, it didn't matter how much my parents struggled or what was going on. I never thought of myself. We're not poor. You know, you know what I mean? And where did that come from? It's just it's we're not taught. We're just not taught class. Well, even in like even in the basic of terms, we don't even go. We don't even understand what the term poor means. Yeah. And they want us. They want us to think poor is is like a drug addict. So, drug addict or just so low that you're shameful of it you know what i mean it's not a, just a state of being it's something you did you know you know you can never trust them it's if they can't if they can't if they don't have if you don't have money why would you why would you associate with them that type of mindset so growing right. and, and then so again when i started throwing parties i didn't realize i was getting treated better because people saw where i lived i never right. i never right. put two and two together and i would always come to school I don't know. I, I I I would say you know it's even my cynicism has a has a veneer of optimism, um, yeah, and absolutely. I would and like I would be in the type of treatment I, I've gotten all my life. I'd even had to I, I'd even you know consider it was racism because I wasn't properly even mm-hmm. taught what racism was. I was taught that if unless it's the N word, it's not racism. Uh, you where, know, I'm where? not th- I'm not thinking when people hold up a you know a book and and there's a blanket on the cover and they go, hey, Malombo, this is you. That that's racism. I'm not thinking that. That that's racism. Right. Right. I, I'm not I, I'm right. I'm not thinking I'm not thinking that at all. And it really kind of made me have like this third perspective, third person perspective look. That like I was like, wow, like me kind of just being ignorant of not only my class situation but my oh, but the racial situation. Um, made people aware of it. <laughs> it, right, it's, right. It's, uh, so, so yeah, that was kind of like a, a, a kind of like a little happy thought for you know this deep shit we're going into. But yeah, yeah no, let's talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, the, but back, yeah, that. So you talk about the class within school. Let's keep going on with that. Just what did you? What, how does that affect the politics? I, I, my fault. I, I went in on your rant. No, what's actually really interesting, especially when you're talking about like, oh, I learned about class in high school, like. I 100% identify with that. And also it's like, I think that some of the things I saw in high school in terms of class really informed that difference in dynamics between Lakewood and Denver. Like I remember the kids in the huge lifted trucks at 16 years old that, you know, their parents had dropped 40 plus grand on Mm. and they all dressed like they were hicks, you know, and acted <laughs> like they were southerners or something. But it's like, what I is that? <laughs> huge house. Yeah, what is that? You live in a huge house. You know what I mean? You're really not far from Denver. You're not out in the boonies. But At that point, it's just racism. Is, you know what I mean? I, I, it is. Not, uh, it it's, is. It's, it's like a step. It's like a step away. I've seen the Confederate flag in Green Mountain. Like it's. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, it's if you're not from the South, what else does that flag represent? You know? What else does that mean to you? Yep. It's, <laughs> it has to be a, like overt racism. And it's also just why do you identify with this culture? And then, you know, a lot of the really horrible things like the one transgender girl I went to school with being bullied just. There was a trans, so... there was a, there was a trans girl in, in Green Mountain? Oh, yeah. And her life was are, horrific are you, as far you, as I you can You have tell. never told me this. You have never told me this. Uh, is, it, is, is it all right? I don't think the audience even, uh, I don't even think the audience even knows your personal identity to understand my surprise. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess the trans girl at uh, Green Mountain besides me, you know, the one who is actually oh, oh, out oh, 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 uh, 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 Yeah. I was, uh, okay. My, <laughs> my fault. My fault. Uh, so I, I, yeah, my fault. I meant that as a segue to, uh, to uh, for you to be able to uh, explain that. That's all, That's on me uh, to understand my no surprise. No worries. No worries. But you, you were, no you, worries at, at all. Did you, 
were you were you were you aware of you you wanted to transition at the time um so it's interesting it was like how how did that affect you really because that's terrifying well and that's the thing it was like constantly especially you know being middle school being a middle schooler a high schooler and just like struggling so much with my sexuality and like my identity but not really having words for it and not really understanding why i was constantly like even when I was dating girls or doing whatever, like mm-hmm. constantly having, you know, the word faggot hurled at me or, you know, whatever. And it was, I think, looking back on it, I think some of that was people picking up on my inherent femininity in, in some regards. And like, and I think also, yeah, definitely seeing that girl endure so much, like, I just thought you were Californian. Torment. I didn't see any femininity. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were just Californian. You know, I'm kind of Californian. It's just like, hey, hey. you know how many times I get hit on by dudes in LA? I've never had it happen more frequently than when I moved here. It's just crazy. Really? Now, I, there I have been, all those I, there have been multiple occasions where I thought people, like, I thought these guys invited me for drinks because they thought I was, I, I, I was like, wow, like they really, they really think I must be good company. Like it's, it's crazy. They're buying all my <laughs> drinks for me. <laughs> And, and I'm wondering, I was, like, I was like, really fucking think I'm cool. I was like, wow, he's like listening to everything I'm saying. Like, I, I didn't even realize I was that profound. This is a nice change of pace. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, he's really trying to, get, he's really trying to get me drunk. But I'm kind of tired. I'm gonna go home. And then I wonder why they're so pissed okay. off that I want to go home. I was like, I was like right. I'm tired. It's nine. <laughs> I want to play. Bro, has nothing to do with you. I swear. <laughs> yeah. Then I get a DM later. I'm just like, oh, I was like, bro, like, uh, I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I cannot. <laughs> but, can <laughs> but go on, go on. My fault. My fault. Um. No, what were we even talking about? Oh, uh, yeah, the trans girl at Green Mountain. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure some of that also was a little bit why it took me, really, it didn't take me that long because I was done at Green Mountain at 15 and at 16, like, I came out to Bridget and was like, you know, really exploring that side of myself, you know, and figuring out where I wanted to go. But I'm sure a little bit of what put me off of any identification with the LGBT community was seeing this girl be just like tortured, you know, in Mm. front of everybody, made to feel horrible. What did the teachers the do? Nothing. Mm. Nothing as far mm. as I could tell. I don't know so, what else I expected. Yeah, which, especially looking back then from, like, what that would have been fucking 2012 that I would have been a sophomore at Green Mountain, like, it makes more sense. But at the same time, I've experienced things recently where it's like, I've been like, hey, I'm being harassed mm-hmm. and told, you know, bartenders or whoever it's supposed to be. And had literally nothing done about it to the point where the situation literally became violent and I had mm. to physically defend myself. You know what I mean? So it's mm. like, that's, that's, that's still that, pretty persistent. That, that's, tra- that's tragic that it's, it's always getting cornered like that. That that's, that's an, that's an option more often than not. I could think of it. About, is. I mean, there's, you know? there's been at least a few times, like at least two times where I can legitimately say the reason I was, physically assaulted or had to defend myself was because I'm a transgender woman. And it's like, that's also why for me, when we talk about Colorado being, you know, a liberal state or whatever, it's like I face legitimate violence just from existing, walking down the street at a 16th Street Mall, uh, you know, vendor's fair or something, Mm. you know, and just had somebody hurling slurs at me and then eventually getting physically violent with me. So 
uh, there's a disconnect just in the personal experience. You know that you might see it from the people might see it from the outside as being this really accepting, liberal, happy, whatever the fuck liberal means to them place, I guess. But uh, it, the reality of you know living here is no. A lot of people are kind of fucked people, up. You know, people, and, people like to say socially liberal, and I would say that. Colorado growing up was very socially conservative. I just remember, I remember, it, I just remember it being very just normalized. I, hate speech was just very normalized. How often, you know, people, you know, you, I feel like, you know, don't say the word, you know, don't say gay as an insult. Those commercials ran longer in Colorado than any other state, I feel like. You know, people yeah. gave up oh, people yeah. others other places in the nation gave up that word in the nineties. I looked it up, you know? It's like Yeah. Uh, it, it's, well and all the gay or all the all the white kids I grew up with like throwing around the N-word was like nothing. You know what I mean? I never thought about it either. and again, growing up in Colorado, most of my friends were white, so I'd say nigga with them all the time. Because we all, all listen to because we all listen to hip hop, you know. Like I'm thankful now yep. that as we all grew up and the friends that I keep with now, uh, I didn't have to say anything. <laughs> it's... Well, I mean, personally, and just to be 100%, you know, honest and like vulnerable, like I've had somebody say that to me before, you know. Like Jade was pretty much like, "Hey, you know, I'll let it slide in the past, whatever. I'm not comfortable with this." And it was that was a moment for me where it was like. Why am I using this word? Why do I think that's okay? You know, and it's that's it's a good reaction like for a, you. Well, I mean, no, I, mean not, just, it, well, it, I couldn't not take her seriously. You know what I mean? Like, you're telling me this bothers you. I'm gonna listen to you, and also I should be interrogating that shit anyways. You know? Hey, I've always hey hey <laughs> fuck yeah, I'm, I wouldn't hey, I wouldn't be friends with you if I if if I didn't if I didn't think you would you would come to such a to such a well thought out thought. You know, <laughs> for for lack of oh, a better yeah, word. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate that. I what so to so we kind of went through this whole maze of Colorado politics to end it off. Uh, where do you think pol Colorado politics is now? Oh, I guess we we should talk before we kind of make that summary the Boulder shooting. Um, oh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I got to I got to look up an article here because I got to read more into it. But what was the what was the motives? Eight people dead. Um, there are already, I'm already seeing the excuses of like what New York Times Boulder shooting suspects lawyer cites mental and illness in his first court appearance. Of course, of course, you know the mental illness card, and, and I hate this yep. because this this becomes this becomes such a uh, this becomes such a this becomes such a I don't want to say parasitic I don't want to say parasitic maybe a may, maybe a parasitic loop. But this is why things like mental illness isn't take isn't taken seriously in the in, in the in the black in the black community in, in 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 marginalized communities because it's only ever used as an a scapegoat for white supremacy. Yeah, I think it's and I, 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 and horrible. I'm not, cycle, I haven't you know? looked at, you know I haven't looked into it yet. I, I don't know if it's, it's radicalization. I'm going to look into it right. I don't know if it's white radicalization, but that's that's usually that that's usually a telltale. Sorry, it is it is horrible. What were you saying, Emma? Well, I just think that you're, you, you really hit on something that, that uh, I think about a lot in that we want to talk about and have these conversations about mental illness, but so often when mental illness comes up in the media, it's used to excuse the uh, actions of a white terrorist, but that also stigmatizes so much. You know, it's a twofold thing for me where we need to stop saying these people are mentally ill and blaming it on that because it's, we're ignoring white terrorism. And we're also stigmatizing mentally ill people who are more likely to have violent acts committed against them. And it's just 
ultimately really toxic fucking discourse at this point, you know? It's, it's, I think incel when I see a white man committed a shooting, you know? And I think that's, that, that we should be going to the real culprits here that we keep seeing happen instead of like excusing and blaming it on some fucking boogeyman, you know? No, 100%. It's, 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 it's uh, putting mental illness in this frame that mental, people who have mental illness are dangerous. That, that's the only time mm-hmm. it's really talked about. Um, the only and, time, and, really, and it, it ignores it ignores most of the time. If you if you have a if you have a mental illness, it's you're 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 more it's it's actual. There's actual like legitimate factors that will, that have material have a material consequence that we can see in society. I'm in LA. The homeless situation here is absolutely insane. And most of the time, oh, when yeah. I see somebody who's homeless, it's it's less to do with economic factors and most to do with mental illness because there's no there's no programs in the city of Los Angeles. To, to, yeah. to help these people. Mental mental health facilities get shut down every day. We can but, thank Reagan for really kicking off that fucking trend, honestly. It, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Um, I'm reading an article right now, 10 people left dead. That's, is this the largest That's shooting? horrifying. Is that the largest shooting in Colorado? I think Columbine was 13. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I know Colorado was, or I know Columbine was double digits. And that's the, that's the unfortunate, oh, and Actually, no, the theater shooting in Aurora was like 22 people. So when Jesus. we talk about Colorado and this shooting, like this is something. What is, what is that culture? Multiple what times is this culture? Lifetime. Yeah. What is this culture? It's it, you're right. It's it is multiple times. I compl- it's crazy. I forgot about Aurora. These are things. These yeah, are things that yeah. would be like historical tragedies in other nations. Oh, I was supposed to be going to see that movie opening fucking night, and I was supposed to go see it with Dylan, and he lives in Aurora. You know oh, what I mean? And it's like shit. by virtue of going to Idaho or whatever, we ended up literally seeing that movie in Idaho. But you know, it's just it's crazy to think about the the, the circumstances of all of it, and and the fact that it 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 seems to happen a lot in Colorado because I remember Deer Creek which is in Lakewood. And one of the kids I went to uh, elementary school with in sixth grade got shot at Deer Creek when somebody opened fire there. So Jesus, very common thing that we've seen happen here. Unfortunately, Jesus, it's (sighs) I'm, I'm reading about this now. Oh my. So his name, Ahmad, Ahmad, Ali, Alyssa, um, he looks like an, he looks like an incel. He looks like one of those guys who gets confused by their ethnicity. So I wouldn't be surprised. It's not radicalization. I'm not going to let the name fool me. Um, right, right. Well, and it's see. even like Elliot Roger. Elliot Roger was an obvious white supremacist incel, despite being a How's, mixed heritage. You know, it's it. I, and I think I, I and I and I think what's what's com- we're we're really coming into we're really coming into uh, a crossroads where with. We're after the era of civil after the era of civil rights. Uh, the, us as a society, our, our discourse is slowly finally converging into that class analysis, with the veil of race slowly being dismantled throughout the years. So uh, yeah. we're seeing we're seeing this you know fascist radicalization. You know we say white radicalization, but you know white I, really white is that is the American misnomer for what is fascism in this country. It's it's oh, yeah. it's not it's not just an, it's not just you know the appearance of your skin that's such a a faulty that's that's a that's a faulty way of viewing really the race racial construct in America. I tell people that all the time. It's it, mm-hmm. I, it really mm-hmm. I tell people I tell people all the time. If 
if you believe race is real, that is, is it's that it's more than just a social construct. Tell me right now, describe a black person. Describe right. a right. black person. De describe it feature by feature, and I promise you, I could find it in somebody somebody else. I know black people wider. Yeah. I, I I know black people wider than white people. I know I know white mm -hmm. people darker than black people. Why do we say mm -hmm. why do we say why do we say half black but not half white? It's and these and I feel like these norms as they slowly get dismantled through and through, we're slowly finally going to have to start having conversations of why uh, Elliot Rogers, Ahmad, these people, despite despite you know the veil. Uh, the despite the the veil of you know race despite the veil of race these are also people still getting radicalized what's happening right I, it's crazy to well, me that people like to point out mental uh, i was gonna say well, I, it's people, crazy to me people point out mental illness but not the sheer fact that mm -hmm. it's more than likely that people are responding to really a, a, a material thing the structure of society how is that? Yep. How is that less? How, how is mental illness more sound more obvious than the fact that yeah, their their lives are rattled and fucked up. They got indoctrinated because they're invulnerable, and now they're killing people. Right, right, and in some ways, whiteness is proposed almost as this thing that you can opt into or fucking like conform yourself to, you know. And I think that the that appeals to people who are even quote unquote non-white or even by their same you know radical peers would be considered unwhite but it's this it's this total cultural presentation of it you know just like you're touching on it it's really divorced from any even features or heritage or whatever and just this presentation of what american values are or what the white race is values wise or history wise if that makes sense to end this off, what do you what do you think uh, Colorado, Colorado politics is going to become? What, it, what what is it now? What do you think it's going to become? Well, it's interesting because we keep seeing this move towards the left, at least artificially, at least voting wise. If you consider the Dems to be left, you know whatever. But um, I mean, I personally, on the ground, have experienced um, uh, genuine leftist thrust. You know, just being in like the the punk scene, uh, working for. Uh, nonprofit for a time and like recently getting semi-involved with a Marxist Leninist organization here like I can see and, hey. and definitely during the protest I say I say it really tepidly because I've heard some negative things but I've definitely been in contact with a, a organizer over there and we have similar politics it seems but at the same time like I've heard some hey watch out for psyops watch hey watch out for psyops watch out for psyops well, the one thing at least that lends credibility to this is that uh, three organizers of some of the Aurora protests were part of this organization and are being prosecuted with first degree kidnapping by the Aurora Police Department. And that actually recently just got thrown out. So at least like from that perspective, like in terms of genuineness, I think that's there or geniality. Uh, I think that's there. But um, I the other I just it just leans into some of those like uh cultish leftist tendencies that bother me you know what i mean like those i don't know i don't know I'm uh, always between ml and leftcom and it's just because i i am really still very skeptical of any like centralized authority i guess in some regard oh uh, you got those you got those uh, anarcho tendencies that's why i sent you that anarchy. Yeah, that's, that's why i sent you that anarchy podcast i thought you had to get a kick out of it um <laughs> I don't think I've given it a listen yet, but I've meant to. I, I have been like uh, diving into podcasts recently, so it's like I need, 
I listened to the Middle America one last night, but I want to listen to the other one you said. Very, well, so. very, very enlightening. It's always nice to get. Uh, I, I, I like I like being I, I like being confirmed. You know, I, you always get an idea, but I like you know being confirmed. Like, yeah, I knew that was bullshit. I just needed like, but <laughs> I needed explain. I need explain. We're always learning. Um, I, I, I yeah. Emma, you're a great example. You're a great example of this. But uh, people, school, learning, learning doesn't doesn't you know start start or end at school. Uh, in the school at building, all. It, it, at it's, all. it is every day till you die. You, it's it, yep. that that is there. You know, usually it's a argue, choice you make. I, I'd say, you I'd know? say, I'd say, I'd say. Okay, coming from the perspective of usually arguments against you, usually arguments of human nature are bullshit. Bullshit. Always bullshit. Always bullshit. Always bullshit. What human all nature right. have you ever observed except for under this this? System. you know what i mean that, it's all interpretation for me it's all interpretation yep. but if i had to think of some some core truths with some weight in the material science we all we all want to propagate sure yeah that 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 is very uh right, speciatic right. and the and the other uh, and the other thing we're just a core social species and learning and the and the and the quote we stand on the shoulders of giants never rings more true uh -huh. than the human species Absolutely, absolutely. I we are an ultimately social species, and I think that's why we are we do lift one another up, and we do have a responsibility to do so, and it makes us all better. You know, that's the does. core of my politics. That's really, hundred percent. That's always if I if if the people around me aren't happy, how could I be? Absolutely. Yep. It's, it's if you're not it, taken care of, how can I how can I feel uh, secure and and like you know, comfortable, you know, we all should be taken care of. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, I'm glad that we were able to end that whole thing into, <laughs> into, into a positive, into a positive. All right. Hell let's, yeah. and let, let's end this whole thing with, uh, with a positive, Yo, you ready? You ready? Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. how, so how excited? Okay. So did you think the Snyder cut was going to happen? I did not think the Snyder cut was going to happen. I had given up a while ago. I, I didn't think it was going to happen, honestly. Did you like the first Justice League? I, I thought it was. I'm not going to lie. My heart was broken. I was like, we. it, it felt like we lost the battle. <laughs> I wanted good DC my film. My heart was broken, bro. Those are my words. That's exactly I, what I would have said, it's, honestly. It's hard being a DC fan in a Marvel world, man. It's just, they don't, it they don't so get it. They don't get it. They haven't seen the source material. Nope. They don't understand the love. No, growing up my whole life being a DC fan, like Justice League on the big screen was like, I was almost committed to liking it the first time I saw it just because I'd been waiting. I you feel know? you. I feel you. I had been waiting. And then the more I thought about it and every sub subsequent rewatch, I was like, wow, fucking... What? This is so bad. This is gar <laughs> garbage. Garbage. Absolutely. Uh, Oh, and it felt like a TV show at times, and like the oh, Flash falls on Wonder Woman's titties. It's like ah, oh, oh my, oh, I'm it, not here for any of this, dude. It, it, it just because it, I, 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 God, and I really like Zack Snyder. You know, it's it's not how I would portray the characters if I had my chance, if I had my chance to make a movie. But I like uh -huh. what I like 
his perspective. I like the idea because this is how I see it. We're gonna get super. We're gonna get super comic booky guys, and we're also gonna have a bunch of Justice League spoilers. Oh, so if you haven't seen the movie, I would turn off the podcast now. But if I had to, if I had to explain people, so Marvel is normal people getting powers, and the powers are almost like a sin they have to be able to use in a in a in a in a positive for society to be able to feel better about themselves. But they're essentially just normal people. DC yeah. is is more is more akin to the mythos of the Roman of the Roman mythology that I th- mm-hmm. that I think superheroes are should be more accurately portrayed as being they are more there are beacons of morality they're modern supposed to mythology they're yep. literally modern mythologies it, it, you know how many different versions of Hercules do you have I, I use that explanation right. for people that this is our modern day Greek mythology that all these all these heroes are heroes these are supposed to be you're not you're these are supposed to be your the the more the moral like goal point this is where you should want to be uh it's yes. and i think Zack snyder sure people say he doesn't understand the characters but i think he understands how dc how dc how the dc universe is and to be I able think, to i can agree with that it's because my biggest problem with snyder is his portrayal of superman but also i think that in terms of a character being divine or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a paragon i think that's something he really understands like one of my molly who has not i don't think isn't very versed in comic books or any of these movies at all like last night i was going to watch the last half so i could you know have an opinion for this podcast and as they're putting superman into the gel in the in the ship with and reviving him with the mother box she goes that's very john the baptist i like that they used aquaman for that, he looks very John the Baptist. I never even thought about that. Him down. I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, it's just, it, it's a through line of exactly that Christian imagery that he's used to portray Superman with since Man of Steel. And <laughs> it's, he, he gets the divinity, you know? That's, that's, that's re- 100%. 100%. He makes everything feel powerful. I'd like the aspect, you know, I, I'm a fan of the aspect ratio when, of the film. At first, I like I, the 4-3-2, dude. It I, totally works for I'm me. not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'll be vulnerable. I did pause it after 30 seconds in like a fit of anger. I'm like, what the fuck? I can't just have a good really? thing. Why is it in a box? But then once I, oh. <laughs> I, I, I was pissed. But once I, you know, watched the film and realized, you know, how often people are flying or jumping, it just made mm-hmm. it a lot more focused on what I was supposed to look at. And I didn't realize how often, like, widescreen kind of like stresses me out. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I'm yeah, missing yeah. something. Like, I was like, this is giving no, me anxiety. No, it totally focuses you. Yeah, uh, yeah, the 4-3 focuses you on what's happening in the frame. Like, 100%. It's, uh, so. and <laughs> I, I, and I also, I, his cinematography. Zack Snyder, second to none. He, I, I oh my this is something that I knew as soon as I saw Whedon picked up Justice League after Snyder I knew this is what was going to be fucked up. Snyder knows yep. how to make these heroes look powerful. Marvel has yeah, Thor, yep. and every time Thor punches somebody, it doesn't. It feels so. It 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 it, it, it feels it, it feels so dry. I'm like this is supposed to be the yep. god of thunder. Why is he punching a dude as if he was a grunt? That dude should have been like it should have exploded from that fucking punch yeah. from that force of that punch yep. Zack Snyder understands how to portray the power of fucking these heroes like none other I well, if, I remember just being excited to see how we do the flash and I, I had to wait yeah. four more years to finally get that and god the flash in this movie man 
Okay, if we were going to talk about, well, first of all, in terms of like portraying the power, I would say that scene in Batman vs. Superman for all the faults of that movie where he goes into that fucking warehouse and beats the shit out of those guys, throws them around, pops through the fucking wall, like whatever. Love it, like, love Batman it. looks, yeah, he's viscerally scary and powerful, you know? And like you can feel that. And I totally agree on that point, but I also think the best. I think that's the best powers, live action Batman scene of all time. I, 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 I say that I all the time. I, I agree. He's never been he his fighting has never been portrayed better. It, it looked exactly how I thought it would be in the when, when, as a kid reading comics. I was like, this is exactly how I thought it would look like. Everything. Yeah, and even the even the scene of him crawling across the fucking uh, ceiling in Batman. I was sold. Like, I was look sold. Look how scary he is, you know. And he Batman should be fucking scary. You, you know, know it's a fine think, line. So. It's a fine line. Too many. Too many. Uh, you you know who's a bad ba- Batman writer when. They portray Batman as an anti-hero. It's like he's right. scary, he's brooding, but he's not Wolverine. He he's doesn't. not Wolverine. He's not a murderer to me, and he still inspires in some regard, but he's scary to those he should scare. Exactly, know? exactly. It's, so uh, do you want to go through... I want to go through a little bit of like the stuff I liked in Justice League. Or in yeah, Batman yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hit um, these questions, or we're going to just talk forever. Cause, uh, so you liked it. I, I, I liked a lot of it. There's some stuff that's still very Zack Snydery to me that's a little what bit would you, uh, Let's do a rating scale for this first question. Out of 10, what would you give it? Out of 10, as I As a comic book fan and it, as a movie fan. Okay, as a comic book fan, I'd probably go 7, 7.5 because there's a lot of shit in there that I really <laughs> like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, movie fan, like big movie brain. I'm probably going 5.56, and some of that comes down to directorial choices. Some of that comes 5. down 5. to 5.56. I hate you. That does. <laughs> I like it though. I want. I want that to be clear that like I'm on the uh, the upper half of that scale because I like it. You know, and it yeah, does yeah. appeal to me. It's just there's some like it's some directorial choices and it's some honestly acting choices. I'm not crazy about Ezra Miller all the time and Ben Affleck. I think. Despite looking very sexy with the gray side, it really doesn't sell <laughs> me all the great time. In that, you, know? you look great in that ending in that uh, in that ending scene with the Martian Manhunter. I was he like, wow, so good. I yeah. was like, and wow, no that, bloated face or nothing. Okay, Ben, you're back. That's what it is too. Yeah, the the fucking reshoots. He was so bloated, and so I was kind of not expecting how he looked at in this how he looked in this movie, and I was like. You look fucking good, Ben Affleck. You know, <laughs> but he—he's not my favorite actor. That Batman voice is horrible, horrible, <laughs> honestly. So you don't like the modulator? But I think it was good. No, I don't. I don't. It just sounded so fake. And like Christian Bale's Batman voice was also bad. But why do a worse imitation of it? You know? <laughs> okay. And okay. Next question. Uh, is it? How, <laughs> is it really that different of a movie? Um, fuck. Okay, I would say. Um, yes and no. I would say the first part is the same kind of like buildup, but just it's it just comes off so much better. Um, <laughs> I would say the second it's part though is completely. Sense, yeah. it, I, I would say the second part though is almost completely different. Almost completely different. So I even I would come at this question a little bit different, only because it's like. I think the content of the movie is ultimately very different, but where they end up is ultimately the same. You know, 
the plot doesn't change too much. It just adds a lot until you get a, like the movie feels way different, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure of my watching experience was way fucking different. And that's what matters, I guess. Well, oh, so. your watching experience? How so? You just, you, you like watch it with I enjoyed this one way more and more. Way, oh, way more okay, than right. the last one. True, you know true, what I mean? true, true, true. Everything and just felt, felt concise. fulfilled by it, you know? It's just like, yeah. even like, even the Aquaman scene, that was, that was so different. It was so much. It, I, I just, yeah. I just stood there. It, it, I, I guess it's kind of like bleeding into the next question. What was the cut that surprised you? But the whole Aquaman sequence, I, I don't know how Joss Whedon saw that and was like, yeah, let's just reshoot this. Let's put Aquaman next to a shitty green screen. Let's make him do a big splash into the water as if he's not a fucking fish man who can fucking manipulate water bent to his fucking right. will. I, it, it's wait, wait, which which Aquaman scene are we talking about? Uh, the right in the beginning in Iceland. Even the that whole Ice one. Okay. Like the whole like God. Thank thank God they got rid of the fucking bullshit. Oh, you talk to fish show. Come on. It's twenty twenty. Yeah, and well, and also the fact that he you actually see Bruce riding the horse in makes that whole scene have context and make sense. Oh my! Know? Oh it my God! The whole thing out. That that fucking thank God we didn't get that. That fucking intro scene where like that parademon explodes and like the three boxes are in the blood. Okay. That okay. that shit was just insane. I, I was Let's like, see wh what my note says here. Please. Thank God the opening Gotham scene is gone for good. That's literally my fucking note because I hated that shit. That that shit was just. I, why? 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 It yep, didn't make I'm any so sense. I'm so glad it never showed back up. It was stupid. It didn't work. Like, and the city looked so bad. Which oh, I will say God. that's one of my other problems with the movie is some of the CGI is wonky. Yeah, a little bit. The only not... time I think it's just they look the apocalypse fucking like the new gods characters look too fleshy to me. You think if that so? makes sense? I, I was even I was even gonna say the new gods. I was gonna say um I, I, I was gonna say some of the some of the the Themyscira scene was I would say Atlantis had some kind of had mm -hmm. some rough CGI for me. And that whole water fight with Aquaman that. was kind of. It, it, it took a little. I was kind of happy they made that like the shortest fight scene in the movie. That was kind of rough for me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I did. I think best CGI wise is Cyborg. I think Cyborg looks good. Consistently. Can we talk about fucking? Okay, I'm not gonna yes. lie. Uh, I, I, I feel. So, oh my. There, oh, I could go into this in every which angle. I feel bad for Joss Whedon because he's gonna get fucking grilled because people are gonna ask him why did you make these Why do you? Why? Why did you do that, dude? Because Cyborg's the, the main character it, it, I and feel the best character. He's the main the character. He's literally the yep. main character of the movie. That I feel is a fucking bitch for cutting all of the Cyborg. It's kind of racist. It's kind of racist. He it cut is. out Iris. It he is. cut out. He cut out Black Iris West. He cut out every right. single Cyborg. He cut out Ryan Choi. I'm like, why did you make these? He, he did cut out Ryan Choi, dude. And these were the like the best, oh lighthearted, jokey scenes that uh, everybody was always clamoring. About. About. I'm That's like Ryan Choi is funny. Comedy works way better in this version landed. than in Josh Whedon's version. Yep. It's landed. Ezra Miller. I, I was like, why did you? Why did you why think did Flash? I hate this character at first. Why do you think Flash? Like why do you think Flash making a weird race joke with Cyborg at the grave was better than? <laughs> it's like I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. 
or the slash falling on Wonder Woman. The joke. whole like, brunch we joke. All of this was better. It's just you fucking. It's all stupid. Whereas the natural progression of the character is actually like, like Barry's funny. And that's, that bothers me because I think it should just be Wally if you're gonna give him all of Wally's traits, I think they're but. portraying a younger Barry Allen. I think they're portraying like, I think they're, because too often in the comics we're getting a, a, a Barry well out of college. And from I was getting from the film, this, yeah. is, this is Barry when he's, uh, still very invested in he's a young he, he's a young kid trying to go through college and still very heavily invested in getting his dad out so he doesn't have that same he doesn't have that same Those confidence some yet. Of my favorite I think that that's like, how I took it that's how I took it but, I could I could see that and I'm with and like I said I like the character and I I like even Molly was like he's so cute and like he was cute and he was fucking funny and like I'm into it but it just, I'm a huge Wally fangirl. It reads like giving Wall, or giving Barry Wally's personality, mm. you know? Even with him Do you think being it's the younger Wally? Do you think it's Wally? I think it's a little bit more, um, uh, what's the fucking, what's his name? Um, fucking Impulse. Bart Impulse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it definitely reminds me way more of Bart energy than Wally. I think Wally was more cocky. <laughs> Wally, Wally was super cocky, and, and but it's just, it's the comedic aspect, and then even the, the like, oh, my metabolism aspect. You know, which is definitely a comic book nerd nitpick, but it's like, that's a Wally thing. <laughs> that is, that is a Wally thing. Uh, they kind of they kind of bled it into all the speedsters with the with when they're with the whole force uh, science of the speed force to explain for all of them. But no, nah, no, nah, I see what you mean. Yeah. I see what you mean. But Cyb, I I honestly, Ray Fisher must feel so vindicated just because Zack Snyder was saying. He, Zack Snyder was saying the entire time he was the heart of the film and now his anger makes so much more sense why he had this whole toe it with Needon. I'm like, yeah, this was supposed to be your big fucking break and they fucked you. Yep. They fucked they you. They fucked you. You were the main character of this movie. You had the most complete and like- They literally couldn't have done anything without him. They cut they, you out, dude. They, they yeah. couldn't have done anything without him. He was, it was like, it's, yep. in the last movie, it was kind of like, oh, if like without Superman, it's, it's Superman and like his grunts. Yeah, my one complaint would actually be they gave, they gave Henry Cavill almost nothing to do. But at the same time, like it does center on Cyborg and Ray Fisher, not only does he get the best written character in the movie, and easily the most complete character, easily. But he's also the best actor in the movie. And it's he is the character that like I was invested in. You know what I mean? And, and that's saying so a lot. Well. There's that's saying a lot. There's mm -hmm. a lot of heavy hitting fucking actors in this movie, and Ray Fisher yeah, is by far the most expressive one, and he's Cyborg. He's Cyborg. Yep. yep. I, one of my notes is that I love the football scene, the flashback, because he's so fucking expressive in it without it being over the top or melodramatic. It's just, it feels real. And I think he acts that entire his ass off through the whole movie. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I just uh -huh. think he does better than anybody else. So literally I can't, the disservice Joss Whedon fucking did to that character is the worst part of the theatrical guide of justice league honestly. i i honestly kept pausing just because i was just so angry i honestly because right. it's like I, you know we we could go into this whole talk about representation but i as as, as, a, as a really as a black as a black nerd you know it's, it, there's a, there's feel it feels it hits different when you can finally see somebody that looks like you in a triple a superhero movie and not right. seeing you know the scene suddenly cut after five minutes you're not seeing mm -hmm. not, not not them getting enough screen time you know like you take you take what you can get find 
I got mm -hmm. every time every time I got every time Cyborg came in the screen it was another 20 30 minutes I, and that right. just that blew my mind I was like this on the, the focus was on what uh like a black man's life a black family and like his emotional journey you know and that is I if Joss Whedon cutting that out of the rest of the movie it's like what was your thought process you know it, why did that fucking bother you I just don't understand why he cut all the parts of each hero in the movie saving people and then showing and then people showing gratitude mm. for that. Every single <laughs> I, I didn't get that. I didn't get this that. This is why we're friends, honestly. I, I just like, did I, I, ju I just didn't understand. My favorite part was them saving they They saved people. They saved people. people and I loved it, dude. I loved it. You didn't That's need a weird Russian family see. in the middle of fucking nowhere. I didn't right, understand right. it. Dude, this is why this is the spike, dude. This is why I have to make movies. I'm just like, okay, mm -hmm. these guys can't fucking get it right. Guess I guess I have to get off my fucking ass and actually like work my ass off and do this correct. I don't care how long it takes. I just I can't go to the grave knowing Maybe that like it it's just god damn like some of these some of these choices, some of these choices, like I'm not gonna lie, if we yeah. have to go to, uh, I, I guess we're doing good uh, saying like a little bit the favorite part is least favorite. I did, moments from the original I did like, I did like the Batman and Flash scene of uh, just save one person. I did like that. Oh, I, I, I didn't even really remember that. Scene. I didn't I realize that was a Whedon cut. I didn't. I, I I didn't realize that. Also, I did like in the Superman battle that Batman is the one that brought Lewis Lane. Cause that showed ba how smart oh. Batman was. He was, cause you remember he goes like, I have a, he was like, I have a plan. And that just showed that, that was just another level of Batman's cutting. I didn't, we, I didn't realize that was a Whedon cut. I was like, that was actually. Well, and that actually makes more sense. Like in terms of continuity, because you're talking about when Flash comes back in Batman versus Superman. And it's literally like Lois is the fucking key pretty much. And then oh, he, oh, so. Batman brings her and that, that makes more sense. So I, I could definitely see that. Although, that Superman scene in general was a lot better to me. What? Kyle, the, no! <laughs> she still said it, though. Yeah. It was kind of funny. I, I Honestly, it, she still said it, but it came off better. Yeah. I can't get over all the use of people's names, though. Like Bruce Wayne showing people his business card when he's going to find Aquaman. I was like, kind of weird. I mean, I get it there in Iceland, but also nowhere. you're still internationally <laughs> famous. You know what I mean? Is it, I, I feel like the, I, I feel like they kind of portrayed it. I, I feel like they kind of portrayed it well that um, that he's been kind of like in the dark. I don't know. I don't know. I just remember from the new fifty. Yeah, I just remember. I, I did remember. Like one of my favorite scenes from New Fifty Two Justice League was when Batman unmasks himself in front of Hal Jordan, and he goes, "I'm Bruce Wayne." And Hal Jordan goes, "Who the fuck is Bruce Wayne?" <laughs> oh, I do. I know I, what you're talking I, about. That's I, early I, on in that run. I thought I thought that was kind of like a callback. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I did enjoy that scene because it did kind of. It, it was one of those moments where you expected as a comic reader as like, oh, Bruce Wayne. But when you really come down to things, uh, who knows? Do you know every billionaire in the world if you're a fucking uh, if you've got your own shit to deal with? That's true. That's very true. <laughs> I would imagine Bruce Wayne's like a Kardashian, though. You know, that's you, how he comes off to me. Playboy billionaire. It, it, everybody's following him. Is he a socialite in this universe? I don't think he has that socialite personality of Bruce Wayne. At least in this universe, no, I guess in the DCEU plus, he's fucking kind of old. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it might be a little different. I, I, while we're talking about Batman, we could just talk about his portrayal just being way fucking better. Alfred, just the whole scene with Al- Alfred was great in this movie. Alfred, Alfred was, was, was great. The whole tea thing with Bruce. Wonder Woman, that, uh, that was so yes. cute. Yeah. That, was, why, that was like, that's what I wanted. That was straight from the comics. That's, that was Alfred. Yeah. That was the most accurate it's literally Alfred. Just Alfred being like, I can't not do it. You know what I mean? I need to help. You know, it's so cute. It's like, I, yeah, I, I love that scene. Honestly, I would say this movie out of the Look, three, this was the most. This is honestly some of the best portrayals I've seen of all these heroes live action. I think there was a better portrayal of Wonder Woman than 1984. It's it, better than Wonder Woman in 1984, and I absolutely love the scene where she is saving all of the, first of all, from explicitly right-wing terrorists, but she's love saving it. all those kids. Yeah, love it. Because the one thing that I missed from the opening intro, which like they, in their theatrical cut, they tried to do that Watchmen type intro showing all the like monuments to Superman with the mm-hmm. like uh, music playing. Oh, and I'm glad they got rid of that. Thank God. But the one thing, uh, yeah, but the one thing I did like was they had like skinheads like beating up this um, uh, minority business owner, right? And it was like, that's pretty fucking real to our real world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to show that in the wake of Superman's death in terms of like, oh, you know, look at this uh, violence or hatred or whatever. That I thought was cool. But so to see Zack Snyder portray like explicitly right-wing violence and be like this is why you know i like that scene in general um but i her just like a like dodging all those bullets and i think slow-mo is better used with wonder woman especially when they go with the oh now look how fast she's moving and then at one point like she gets hit in the back and like you hear her like kind of yelp and i think that's great like a great piece of detail I loved um, it. I loved it. I loved it. Can I, if we're talking about piece of detail, that entire shit that she's doing with her, just when she gets shot and that entire shit where she's moving her wrists to block all the yeah. bullets, I rewinded yeah, that, that scene at least 30 times. That shit was beautiful. Scene, it was, it yeah. was, if I was, if I could, 10 year old me was screaming, that was exactly how I pictured it. Yeah. It just, it, exactly. It, it, yep. Honestly, and I think this, this movie was both so Snyder and so not Snyder because his slow mo mm-hmm. started making sense. Because when it he is. has, once he, once he had these heroes moving fast, you saw how people saw them. And then in comparison yep. to the slow mo shots, I started realizing these are comic book panels these are supposed to be screenshots yep. these are supposed to be this this is this these parts are for the you're supposed to just look at this he i started realizing how much he uses I visuals to explain things honestly it, it's yeah. i i i didn't because I, I, I started i was like wow there I, I started realizing what connected every slow-mo spot and it was always to it was always to really hone in on that mythological aspect like these if there was a statue of like during a slow-mo moment i was like okay if people saw if this was a real thing people make a statue over this moment it was that epic right right and and i i just and then i love in that scene too where she looks at the little girl and she's like are you okay princess why would you cut that (laughs) yeah why would you cut that why would you cut that and just because it's like literally she's a princess and so it's like for her to say that to this little girl who's just some girl, it's like, that's very impactful. But then for the little girl to look at her and be like, can I be like you? And she's like, you know what? You can be anything. It's not even like, yeah, you can be like me, whatever. It's just like, you are yourself. I thought that was a great moment. I loved it. And I, thought, I loved it. Yeah. I thought all of the heroes were portrayed honestly really well, with the exception of Superman, just because Superman. I thought, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. After after seeing Justice League, 
I understand. I understand. I, I appreciate Man of Steel much better. I understand what Zack Snyder was doing. He showed a level. He, he showed a level of character growth that, honestly, as Superman fans, when it comes to the cinema, have never been afforded. Superman has always been the same character, even in the original, in the even in the original in the in the Reeves in the Reeves uh, quadrilogy. I don't know how to say it. I saw all four of them. Yeah, I, <laughs> and, and Super there's Girl. only two of those movies, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but but it's it's I I, I started on t- t- just him going back into the ship and walking away from the red and blue. I, my right. jaw my jaw dropped. I was like, I've never seen anybody with the balls to do this to somebody like Superman. L- I love the what? black suit. It's just, my only complaint is that there was. Too little Superman. I felt like Superman had nothing to do. I thought it was. That's I thought. I thought I that was. I thought that was a better, well-told story because Superman was the main character for the last two films. I always thought Justice League was going to be the way to finally have those character moments with these other characters that are going to be his allies, okay. and him being in the last part kind of told to me that this the this is the climax. They that That's was that was the hero that, that was the that, that was the hero's journey. That was the hero's journey yeah. to get this first okay. superhero. Okay, I like that. I, I also, in my notes, I have uh, that I liked that uh, Superman is like, it, like there's this, uh, first of all, the continuity between the three movies is actually really incredible. It's and insane. It's, it's insane. He closes up a lot of loops. He really does. He does. He doesn't I think need the Superman. continuity's great. <laughs> I, I, like, I, it's, when I talk about the visuals. Also, also I was gonna say, uh, Superman cut that I'm glad was Whedon was. Uh, Do you bleed? Fuck that fucking scene. Fuck that scene. Oh, and wow. and whole Batman saying like, oh, something's definitely bleeding. Fuck that scene. They made Batman a joke. Whedon hates when Batman. He throws him when he throws him into the cop car or whatever, and it's yeah. like a comedic Batman scene. Yeah. I hate that fucking scene. I, I think Whedon hates Batman. Gone. I think Whedon just hates Batman. Cause he wanted him, cause ba- we didn't have like that whole, su- we didn't have that whole suicidal Batman in the end. Thank God that was gone. Thank God mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. gone. I was like, Batman, mm-hmm. Batman is, the, what's, cra- what's crazy about Batman is that in his hunt for justice, he's too selfish to kill himself. Yeah. So you definitely didn't like, or did you like the Tom King run? Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, that, that, that's, I'm going to have to think more about it. Really, when it comes to Batman, honestly, my first total Batman comics have kind of waned. I've, I've been a lot more of a fan of the family. Uh, I'm going to have to revisit Tom okay. King, but I just, I go into a lot. I only read part of Tom King's run, run I go, honestly. I, I didn't read I, all of it. I go in so disassociated. It's crazy, man. I got to find my love for that character again. It's it's a whole thing. But this movie, this movie made me really love Ben Affleck's portrayal. I wanted another one. I was like, you know what? I would like to see more of Ooh. this Batman. I would love to see more I of this watch- Batman. Well, what's interesting to me is like the epilogue scene with fucking the Joker. Lex Luthor. Well, the Joker scene was good, but the scene with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke that was the original, oh, like, right. uh, you know, teaser or whatever, or like stinger at the end of the theatrical cut, I liked better because it felt to me like it set up the Batman with Ben Affleck. That know? would have been crazy. Be a, that would have been sick. A Deathstroke Batman movie where he knows Batman's secret identity and maybe even tries to fuck with him or like frame him even if we went like batman murderer or or bruce wayne murderer or batman bruce wayne fugitive you know like that would have been an interesting fucking move 
So that kind of got me excited for movies we're well, never going to see. But If we talk about the end-end epilogue scene with the Joker, they kind of confirmed it that Batman doesn't willingly like kind of kill people with the whole Joker scene. Where, uh, oh, yeah. where yeah. Joker goes like, oh, almost called your bluff. I like that. I was like, oh, Batman doesn't want to kill people anymore. This is not murder Batman He's anymore. He's not an outright murderer. Yeah, that is a redemption for me because that's not the Batman that I really care about is a murderous Batman. You know? I, I don't understand people's problems, Jared Leto's lo- Joker. I, I see the criticisms. I see well, the criticisms. I do because uh, Suicide like, Squad sucks. Okay, hey, release, hey, hey, hashtag release the air cut because apparently, apparently, after after the whole Snyder cut actually went green. David, did you see David Ayer's tweet? He said he never because he he said he took the same turn as Zack Snyder that he didn't have the fight in him anymore. That he thought the studio must just have like a better plan of things with the whole you know we're Marvel now with quips. But after yeah. the Snyder cut happened, he tweeted saying like I just. Uh, took a look at my version of the movie and it is 10 times better. This is exactly my vision. I can't believe I was, I, I, can't, that, I, I can't believe I was convinced this was a bad movie because, and it makes sense because his, his version of the storyboards, I remember, I remember reading about this, the whole idea of Enchantress was so minimized. It was very much, the Joker was the villain in the original script. I was oh, like, that'd really? be way okay. better. Well, they also let literally a trailer company recut that movie. So it's like, I don't really have a huge amount of confidence in these people who make three minute fucking. I mean, oh, wait, wait, hold on. We're getting off track. Whatever. We're getting off track. We're getting off track. But <laughs> so, Jerry, <laughs> but no, my I, I see people all the time saying that their problem with Jerry Letta's Joker is that they um, they don't know what to expect. I'm like, you're mad at somebody playing the Joker because he's unpredictable. What? Okay, that like, I like, 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 everything, his his whole weirdness was exactly what I wanted. It reminded me of, there was a short, there was a short, short Joker story that came out like two, three years ago where this man gets um, pretty much like psychologically destroyed by the Joker. Like he sees him everywhere in his life. And in the end of the comic, like Joker is his only friend. But it reminded me of that Joker that not only he is a crazy mobster, but he is just a bad faith psychological character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of room for interpretation in the Joker's character for me. 100%. Don't 100%. Get me wrong, like, the whole three Jokers think, shit. Okay, three Jokers, though. I think I haven't read it, but it looks like trash to me. But, but <laughs> yes, I think realistically, there's there's this all this room to interpret him because we don't know anything about him as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's how it should be. You don't know his origin. You don't know where the man came from. You don't know why he's psychic or like psychotic, you know, like. All of that is is mystery to us, you know. But uh, let's uh, let's... Joker really like it rubbed me the wrong way until the end scene of the Snyder Cut, just because it's like some of it was the Harley Quinn stuff. I think that the Harley Quinn, like I'm gonna kill the tattooed man over Harley Quinn, was like a little disingenuous. No, let's talk Justice League, Justice League, Justice League, Justice League. Okay, Uh, I do like his portrayal though. I think that it was a lot better. Also getting rid of the tattoos, just like that visual aspect really works a lot better for me. Mm -hmm. And then him just like taunting Batman. Loved it. That's a very, yeah, I love that. That's that's an interaction that like I get. Even the reach around joke was like- Loved it. That's funny to me, dude. Because I laughed, I I actually laughed. I didn't expect it, I laughed hard. Neither did I. And it's like, thank you, because you know what? The homoeroticism between the Joker and Batman is a part of their characterization and is something that like- The Joker plays on all the time. Yeah, yeah, and it's like- You love me, Batman. He says it in like every portrayal. 
Yeah, I love that. I I thought that was super like on brand for the Joker. And I think even the long hair and the fucking big loved like, it. Love I love yeah, long hair Joker. Great, I so. want that to stay in every portrayal. Long hair Joker all the time. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Why why would Joker get a fresh lineup? I've never understood that. Right, I, right. I, I I've hated it's it, it's hard for it's really hard for me because I love the the first Batman movie. Um, even though the Joker is oh, able love to. Even though, Batman, even though the Joker could take down a fucking jet plane with a revolver, that'll never make sense to me. Right. <laughs> with his really long revolver. It's really hard for me to go into that movie remembering that scene. It just it took me out even as a kid. I was like, no. Um, <laughs> I but played the Todd. the Prince soundtrack that brings you back, honestly. The Prince soundtrack murders uh, it. It's so good. Uh, that's a conversation for later. But uh, oh, we, no. <laughs> so who do you think... Uh, who do you th So would you say... How do you like his, uh, so we're on the, like, the final three questions. Would you say this is a good adaptation? Uh, it depends on what we mean. Like in some regards, I think that it hits on the spirit of the characters and there's some characters I think are done so much justice. Like, okay, how about Wonder this, Woman, from, what, from what, as a, if you were a kid, from what you expected a Justice League movie and what studios would do, is this better or worse than what you expected? Probably better. I would have enjoyed this. It's better kid, for me I remember too. leaving. I remember leaving Man of Steel when I mean, what? What I year loved did that Man movie of Steel. Out? That was like 2010. I loved it. That was 2000. Okay, so when I saw that movie in in theaters, I saw it at midnight with my mom and both my brothers, and I left going, "This is the best superhero movie I've ever fucking seen." So if I was a kid, I would have thought that this Justice League was fucking the shit. You know what I mean? Like I would, <laughs> this was this is what I would have wanted, and I thought. Especially Wonder Woman, which is the character that, like, personally, I really care about seeing adapted. She fucking was just as good as she was in the first Wonder Woman movie, you know? I, so, Wonder, I, and, sorry, go on. Well, and, and, and just on top of that, Cyborg being the emotional through line and having a real fucking arc. Like, oh, so, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it's satisfying to in a way that the original or the theatrical cut wasn't like a cyborg's arc is what makes the movie whole, you know, and it fucking works. I love it. Uh, uh, we did actually we didn't touch on this in my favorite part, but I I'm just I'm thinking of two right now. Again, cyborg being the heart of it, they couldn't do it without him. The flash, mm -hmm. that ending scene where they lost. With his I dad, love that. I they, they Are you talking about with his dad? I cried, dude. Were, like time to be the time time to be the best of the best. That that it, just him like act, when he got shot and him not telling them that he fucked up and that he was like just trying to hold it together really showed me how how he 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 is the least experienced out of all these guys, but he wants to help. He's a good person. He was he, yeah, he Ezra cares. Miller Ezra Miller really sold the pain in that scene. Yeah. He so really I sold actually, it. He was in pain. I thought I thought you were talking about the scene where he goes to his dad and he's like, I got a job. Oh, no, no, no. That was a great lab. scene. But no, I'm talking about literally that ending. Where the he ending, got shot. No. Where, and I love it. That whole bit, that whole bit. Oh, my God. We said it a million times. I want to sit down with Whedon and I want to like point at the screen. I'm like, what? What were you thinking? Right. What were you fucking thinking? That's my that's my thought process, because it's so hard to even analyze the movie when you're like, just constantly comparing it to the last version. it's a curse it's a curse but they, it's like literally what were you fucking think how did you make the worst movie of the dceu when this is clearly the best movie that was shot of the dceu if you removed you know? all the long panning shots i like cut out the slow-mo to make this a three to make this like a two hour 30 minute movie it would still be a better movie 
would still, still be a better fucking movie. It's and like I I I don't know if you had any words with it, but I love that scene. I love when I love when superhero movies get weird and that just the Justice League losing. I thought the movie I thought that was the cliffhanger people were talking about. I thought the mother but they lost and it was gonna go into the nightmare scene. I I, I thought that was it, and I think the movie played on so that on purpose. I, I think dude, the movie did yeah. that on purpose with the nightmare scenes, and I just want to give a, a round of applause for Zack Snyder for m- using that easter egg to really like make take me out i was like holy shit like i i can't believe this is how it's gonna end and then the flash turning back time him phasing through the rubble for first off from the initial explosion i was wondering why he was vibrating but that shit was fucking cool when i understood it but him going yep. back in time and seeing everybody kind of recreate themselves it, it just yeah it made me it, it's in the last movie superman took care of it as soon as you as soon as he was resurrected but in this one these these Cyborg and Flash especially were integral to getting this shit done. And yeah, I loved they it. Were. They were they, I would say when if for our second and last question, best portrayal, I would say I was gonna I was gonna say I would say I was gonna say Ray Fisher, but I would just say that Ray Fisher again was just a great protagonist in this. Cyborg was great, yep. but best portrayal yep. of really a superhero in his and it's just his powers, the flash. I thought the flash and how he did stuff looked great. The scene where he's picking up all the rubble from all the people coming in looks straight out of a fucking uh, an anime. It's just yeah. I loved I there a week I could go on all day about, you know, the personality of Barry Allen and uh, at this point I'm really seeing this Barry Allen as just a completely different multiverse character. Um but yeah. his yeah. powers was everything. It was so different, but I preferred this. I love the idea well, that it wasn't speed, that it was space-time manipulation. Yeah, and what gets to me about the Barry uh, portrayal and what I really like about it is, like, first of all, I love the Iris scene. I thought the Iris scene was incredible. I loved it. I thought they, yeah, they just really... Like, he it, touches it her so gently. Like, yeah, and it felt palpably like there was sexy tension there. There was mm-hmm. love there. And, like, immediately you were like, oh, that's fucking... Like, that's real, you know what I mean? I like that, but then I, uh, his speed and the way he moved in that scene in particular, it's like, he's not moving super fast. Like, in the way that he's not running, he's not like, he's just fucking way faster than us. You know Dude. what I mean? No matter how he moves, he's way faster than us. I thought that was a really nice touch, so. It's, it's. But I loved Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, besides, she was a besides Ray she was Fisher, a it was Wonder Woman for me. Yeah. It reminds me of that quote. I can't remember what Comic Con, but it's uh, it was Wonder Woman. Um, I forget who she was talking to, but saying that there's a reason why I don't have as large as a Superman, uh, as large as a rogue gallery of Superman and Batman. When I when I start things, I end them. Yeah, straight up. Though. And her and that's fucking what I beheading Stephen Wolf. Literally fuck. beheading him. Yeah. Fucking that that entire I love the combo attacks. Oh, if you're gonna do a team mm-hmm. superhero movie, combo attacks are key. And that whole yep. that whole sh- shot from Superman, Aquaman, and then fucking I felt so bad for Stephen Wolf. I'm not gonna lie. I like <laughs> Steph- <laughs> yeah, they kind of Steph- made him like they made him better. Uh, they fleshed him out. They made him sympathetic. Yeah, and like he's got an actual reason for fucking being there, and it's like an emotional reason too or almost even a spiritual reason because he's like for dark side that's my king that's my god whatever like and i'm out of favor with him you know i thought they made that character so much obviously more visually interesting but definitely more like uh interesting in an emotional capacity even as a character you know he was so much better so no no um it's just i god it's 
I love them. Uh, like I, I like the movie. I didn't say my personal rating, but I would give as a comp. Five point five to six, but I, I, we've been talking about it. I feel a little bit like I. <laughs> Redemption. Five to seven at least. At least. <laughs> I really did enjoy it. You know. Yeah. No. Trust. Even um, just, and we didn't even talk about Martian Manhunter yet, and that's all. That that thing was for right. me. Dude. When we were t- when we were talking about rough CGI, I was thinking Martian Manhunter actually. I, more less it's less rough cgi for me and more bad character design but i'm happy to see the character you know what i mean yeah it was very that was the most snidery character design of all of them i i'm still not a fan of of aquaman's costume in this movie i'm not that's okay, still the something thing, the thing about aquaman's costume for me is more that homie was like he breathes water he lives in the water but every time he came on land he had to take his shirt off and they... swimming in jeans, <laughs> and I'm like, no one's swimming in their jeans, bro. Like, what is this? <laughs> uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of Momoa eye candy in that movie. I was, I was, I, I, I'm not, was. like, trust. It was body goals. I was like, you know what? You're right. I gotta work on my traps. I'm not like this nigga. No, he I was looks like, great. <laughs> he looks great. Don't make no sense why he's taking. <laughs> <laughs> trust, trust, trust. Um, but uh, wow, I'm. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, so to kind of end off uh, my rating, as a comic book fan, I would give this movie an 8.5 out of 10. I would, like, I I go from the perspective of, you know, as as fans of a really niche medium, you know, I I have to realize- A very niche medium. Very, very, very niche medium. Um, These type of portrayals are really, are one of the few lifelines this fucking, that this fucking niche industry has. Um, Literally, what keeps it alive for those of us who want to go to our comic shop every Wednesday? And like we can only and exact exactly, and we could and we can only hope that a good portrayal, you know, really brings in more fans, like add some mm-hmm. better ideas to the comics. You know, it's it, comics are nice because some I, Marvel kind of destroyed this, but comics are nice that they only take inspiration; they don't just wholesale rip it. Like DC yeah, at most, right. and Wonder Woman came out just you know uh, just changed the costume a bit. Yeah, Marvel. Oh wait, Emma, Emma, Emma. Sorry, sorry. You're glitching out right now. Could you do me a favor? It happens sometimes. Just leave the lounge and come back. I can't hear anything. Okay. Oh, actually, 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 don't do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. It it works on my side too. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. Talk. Can you hear me better? Oh, you're way okay. That's way better. Um, sorry. Shit. What was I saying? What was I saying? Uh, we were talking about uh, uh, adaptions, Marvel, uh, maybe. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's like synergy. Yeah, yeah. So I would say for I go for that rating with the idea that you know we take what you could get and what I expected how they would do a Justice League movie. I would never think I would see something like this—a four-hour, literally cinematic ballad, very visually mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I love. I really like. Very the expo- visually interesting. I like the exposition. I like that every time something was mentioned or described, it was very rarely original. It always had some sort of origin in the comic books. Um, yep. The anti. I like the idea. For the, sorry. Why would they go different universe for Apocalypse? That's the one thing that I was like, I don't understand this. I think. They were, I, I, I've always. I don't liked, get the cosmology. Oh no! Well, the the fourth world is always a different universe. Okay, see that's and that's what I wrote in my notes was like maybe I don't get to come cosmology even though I've read for, the fourth world, you know, like I've read the Kirby stuff, but I just thought they all existed in one, not one solar system, but at least one universe. You know, Com- all comic but, books before the '80s were just really 
bad we're really bad at just being grounded with some of their writing there was this whole thing about just being as vague as possible so everybody could have like their own idea of the explanation that just doesn't really work well today like you're yeah. completely right jack kirby's fourth world like it takes multiple re rereads to even just understand the setting that they're in and it's fucking drawn that yeah. says a lot i have the same mm -hmm. problem with sandman with Sandman, uh, the it's, Vertigo series? Like, I had to, I literally had to Wikipedia every character, like, arrival, just because there was just not a, a well-versed explanation. It's just like, it was just, yeah. it was just a time of comics. And like, it, I think that only just comes when you're a niche medium and you always have to prove yourself by really just taking the step in like a different sort of writing. Oh yeah, and it's also just like, literally like giving these really deep or clear and concise explanations through dialogue can be a lot sometimes mm -hmm. you know especially moving into the 90s and like uh early 2000s you're talking about like we've abandoned our caption boxes our thought boxes and now it's all dialogue that shit's hard sometimes, mm -hmm. so. but um yeah um and as a movie fan i would give this uh a uh 6.5 or a 7 out of 10 I would say that there was a lot of good character development. I, like coming as a movie person, I thought everything was well explained. I thought the pace was actually, I thought the pace was it's actually better great. than a lot of Zack Snyder movies. Uh, yeah, like I'm like I'm not gonna lie, the third part of Man of Steel is rough in terms of pacing. That is rough. It isn't all all of Batman vs Superman is rough. And honestly. I and I think it's just way better because every scene connects just a lot more it, things are just placed better i think yeah i think this is overall good movie and i'm glad at the end of it zack snyder is made zero dollars and all proceeds are going to suicide awareness and it just well that's the thing too that like when you look at like not to go off on a whole tangent but when you look at this this uh uh i guess through line of cyborg's story with his father and his father bringing him back to life and all of this stuff, it's a little bit like, wow, there's an emotional connection here to what Zack Snyder went through. And him being like, oh, like Silas Stone at the end, like the epilogue being like, I'm a father twice over. It's like, damn, what kind of like wanting are you feeling? Or like, you know, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy when you know the context of what Zack Snyder went through. So yeah, that is inspiring and i my heart reaches out to him like 100 percent, you know and i think it comes through in the film the love of a father because that's it's it's very much like a movie about silas loving his son even though he doesn't necessarily know how to show it you know exactly exactly all right all right you heard it here folks that was uh you heard a whole lot of shit today uh thank you emma we went everything from talking about colorado politics and we went as just as deep as we went into that we got really deep into justice league uh i love my friends <laughs> this is that was yeah. this was really awesome i'm really th thank you i for, love you i'm glad to talk to you honestly thank you for having me no thank you go ahead and um give your give your socials to the people and uh let them know about any upcoming projects or places you want donations to go to uh, you can follow me at Susan Storm on Instagram. That's S-U-X-A-N-S-T-O-R-M. Um, other than that, look out for uh, 
a book with the name Emma on it eventually. So. <laughs> I'll let the people know. I'll let the people know. And what, what up, everybody? You can follow me at all my socials at hey underscore Tilia. That's C-H-I-L-L-I-A. I'm the, I have my Google Knowledge panel, so you cannot get me confused. I'm the only Tilia out there. Thank you for listening to The Secret Public Plan Review with my best friend, <laughs> with my best friend, uh, childhood friend. That's still Hell, crazy. Yeah. 10 is crazy. Emma. That is crazy. 10 is crazy, God. Hey, and, and hopefully 10 more. Uh, all right, yeah, all right. Absolutely 10 more. Hey, let's go, let's go. Uh, Emma, can you do me one favor? Mm-hmm. Can you say, uh, stay fresh, y'all? Stay fresh, y'all. Hey, stay fresh, stay fresh. All right, see you later. Yeah, have a good night. <laughs>